Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. I'm turning your attention to the book of Acts. Now, I'm going to turn you to Acts 2, but we're barely going to stay there. And then I'm going to take you to Acts 6, and then I'm going to take you to Acts 7. And so if you're one of those people that only goes to one place, pick one of them chapters. Acts chapter 2, verse 12. I love how this is recorded. Never really get to pick on it, but I'm going to tonight. Verse 12 says, And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. I guess they had to be a part of the all. I guess they had to be a part of the all of verse 12. But they were there mocking. You ever ever had one of those services where you said, oh, everybody was with it tonight. But if you're really honest, you're thinking, except for, (laughs) there was a few. There was a few that weren't. How many have found there's always going to be people that mock? Everybody's glad I'm saved. I'm better. Not everybody. Acts 6, 9 through 15. Praise God. If you're there, say amen. If you're looking at the screen, say let's do this. (laughs) Then there are certain of the synagogue, which is called synagogue of the Libertines. Cyrenians, Alexandrians, them of Cilicia and Asia, disputing with Stephen. He couldn't come in here preaching like that to me, Steve. Listen to me, boy. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit, capital S. That's why you need to be more than spirited, little s. You need to be spirited, big s. Need to be full of the spirit. Wisdom and the spirit by which he spake, they they suburned men. They all that means is they 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 started getting some men together, paying them off a little bit, so that they would come in accusation against Stephen. They hired them, which said, We've heard him speak blasphemous words. Everybody say blasphemous, not even allow him proper. Council. They did not allow him a, a, a proper, proper uh, governing opportunity here. They get out of place with their emotional response. They stone him and the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen. Watch this. 
calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice. Watch and see if this doesn't sound like Christ. Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, how poetically and beautifully it is recorded, he fell asleep. I want to preach tonight for a little while an apostolic accusation. The Lord spoke to me, I believe, a clear word for this service tonight. And I started by telling you what I'm going to preach is an apostolic accusation. But then I turn it into a question. And I ask this of myself and of us. Can we even be accused of being apostolic? Am I, am I worthy of that kind of accusation? Because I want to be. I want to be worthy. Brother Turner, I want to be worthy. If somebody's looking to make an accusation against someone for being apostolic, I want to fit the bill of being apostolic. And you need to hear me right now. That accusation has been happening and it is happening and it will continue to happen until the Lord returns for his church. I want you to lift your hands with me all over this room. I want you to begin to call on the name of Jesus Christ. Would you do it? Come on, would you do it all over this house and call on the name of the Lord? Help us in this place. Dear God, let your word minister to us in a mighty and a powerful way. Speak to us, O oh God, through your word. Help me, O oh God, that I might deliver your word. I want to preach effectively. Help us in this house. I pray it in the name of Jesus Christ. Let everybody in this building say amen. God bless you and you may be seated tonight. Turn to your neighbor and tell them an apostolic accusation. Pastor Lopez, I, I almost turned and grabbed you during that last song and I decided I'd wait and do it publicly because I almost turned and grabbed you during that last song when I looked and across this house People were worshiping God, talking about not allowing the grave to hold them down. And I almost grabbed you and said these words, let's never settle for average church. But I decided I would wait and I would speak those words to this entire congregation. And I would allow that to be the foundation from which I launched tonight after the particular texts that we have read. I do not want average church. I want apostolic church. I do not want weak, lethargic church. I do not want backward, bashful church. I want powerful Holy Ghost demonstration, children receiving the Holy Ghost, men and women being baptized, sinners coming to repentance. I want church where sinners run to altars, where sick people are healed. Sister Allie testified tonight. I don't want to just testify about it. I want to witness it happen. I laid hands on someone in the altar tonight that needs an absolute miracle. I found out what they needed yesterday and I know, you hear me right now, I know that when I prayed, 
What I prayed to happen in their body is absolutely scientifically impossible, but it is not impossible with God. And I don't wanna be a scientific church. I don't wanna be a Scientology church. I don't wanna be a church of logic. I don't wanna be a church of foolishness. I, don't, I wanna be an apostolic church. That means I wanna preach the doctrine of the apostles. I wanna preach Christ and Him crucified. And when we come into the house of God, I want to come with expectation in my spirit. I want to come knowing every service. Somebody could be delivered tonight. Somebody's eternity could be turned around. Somebody just might run an aisle tonight. Somebody might shout across the front. There's a lot of places that might not make sense. But in the apostolic church, it ought to bother us if nobody's dancing and nobody's worshiping and nobody's shouting. Because we don't want to be an average church. We want to be an apostolic church. Nobody ought to desire to be an average person. I just want to be average. No. Don't be average. Be godly. And if you're godly, you can't be average. Be righteous and then you can't be average. Be holy, and then you can't be average. It'll allow you to be apostolic. And I'm going to tell you that as powerful as Acts 2 was, there would still be people mocking in the midst. I have become eerily comfortable with mockers in the midst. <laughs> if anything, it probably, Brother Barkus, promotes me to be a little more intense. I have found that typically when there are mockers in the midst, there's also something worth mocking. <laughs> and so while everybody might not understand the display of the Holy Ghost, and while some people might would rather reason it away, we have found, haven't we found it to be true that some people don't understand our worship until they get the Holy Ghost? I've had people that told me we were crazy until they came. I've had people that tell me, I don't even know why I went to the altar. I didn't want to go to the altar. I don't know why I was crying. Had somebody look at me one time. I mean, tears just flowing. She said, I don't know why I'm crying. What'd I say? I know why you're crying. I said, your DNA was created by God to worship him. And when you walked in this house, you started feeling God for the first time probably in your whole life. And I'm gonna tell you right now, nothing in hell wants you to do this. But if you lift your hands right now and start praising God. I know there are mockers, but while there are mockers, there is one who is mightier. There is one who is great and gracious. And if we will praise him, how many believe the mockers cannot silence the progress of the church? The mockers cannot destroy the outpouring of the holy. Let them mock, Peter. It's not gonna slow you down at all. You let them mock. It's not gonna be but a handful of verses. You're gonna be saying, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy. 
For the promise is unto you and your children and all that are afar off, even as many. What are we gonna do? Brother Ben, they're mocking. I'll tell you what we're gonna do. We're gonna add 3,000 today. <laughs> you think we need room up here? Wouldn't you like to have kind of revival where we had to try to reserve space somewhere at a local river, where we had to try to get something set up at Geist Lake, where we had so... We had so many people, we had to go buy a bunch of pools and get them all set up out in the parking lot because we had several hundred people to baptize. You might can't see that. I can see that. I can see us just having lines of people lined up to be baptized. Put them down. There is a day coming when every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. So you let them mock. It doesn't matter if they mock. It cannot stop the apostolic revival. Hit two or three people, tell them, ain't gonna slow me down. I know you don't like saying ain't, but say it anyway. Ain't gonna slow me down. We just sang, ain't no grave. If there's not a grave gonna slow you down, then your self-confidence shouldn't either. Your lack of boldness shouldn't either. Your ego shouldn't either. Move. I break out of that. So, so, so the, the Spirit of God is poured out and the church begins to multiply. They begin to go to prayer. They're seeking leadership. Preached about it a little bit this morning on the post-prayer selection of apostles by Christ. You read through it, Acts chapter 6, you see that they have selected Stephen. Stephen's a preacher, boy. Stephen's an in-your-face preacher. Stephen is a Jesus preacher. I mean, Stephen is the original. I mean, Peter, awesome. But Stephen's a guy preaching to preachers. Stephen's a dude. And he's got a, he's got a big old red X on his back because of it. Stephen is an audacious preacher. Stephen's taking up audiences with people that are not ready, even though God is. And it might sound glamorous to us, but I'm going to tell you martyrdom is not glamorous. The only thing glamorous about it is that blood would become the lubricant to spread revival throughout not just Jerusalem, but Judea and Samaria. Persecution that was coming upon the church in such a dramatic fashion. And Stephen begins preaching, and I'm telling you, they don't like it. It's not that he was trip, 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 tripping over, over his words. It's not that he meant to say righteous and said riotous. He didn't mix up Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. He didn't say it was Moses on the ark. Some of you are like, I don't, what is, I don't. <laughs> Noah, who built the ark? What? He wouldn't, i tell you why they didn't like him. Because he preached God is bigger than your custom. 
And God is bigger than your religious ritual. He had the supreme audacity, the apostolic audacity, ooh, the apostolic audacity to preach to them. God is bigger than your little house. Oh, they did, Brother Myers, they did not like it. Stephen, you better shut up. You Stop talking. He's bigger. Gets so bad that they put him on trial. They put Stephen on trial. Persecution is coming. We read it here before you. And Stephen has the opportunity to defend himself. Please catch this. They hate this preacher. Stephen, here's your chance. Defend yourself. Brother Trano, this is a great spot for him to say, I've never hurt anybody. I'm a lover, not a fighter. I've been good to my mama. Call my mama every Sunday. Never hurt nobody. Sanhedrin, I'm not trying to offend you. I'm not trying to make you guys have your religion and we'll have ours. I don't want to, I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes. Want everybody to feel welcome. We'll just all do our own thing and we'll all make it. That's ridiculous, by the way. They call out Stephen. Here's your chance. You're, you're on the stand. Take your defense. And Stephen says, you haven't liked truth since Abraham. <laughs> I mean, some of you know that when you fight, you pull up old stuff. Come on, how many, you, some of your relationships in here, you're like, you still, 10 years ago, we tried to work on this in the marriage seminar. Well, I remember the time. Stephen went all the way to Abraham. I tell you, how long do you have, Stephen? But he goes all the way back. Said, listen to me, boys. Abraham sought a God who directed him towards a country. He stepped out in faith toward a country whose builder and maker is God. He starts preaching about Abraham, and all of them are gathering. Talk about Abraham. You got to understand the divine insult of preaching Abraham to them. <laughs> I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. Kill him. Kill him. Kill him. Kill him. Kill him. Leave. He's mine. Keep your hands off of him. He's mine. No, I'm going to ring his name. Preaches Abraham until you think he's done. And he says, Abraham led from one generation to the next. Starts talking about Jacob. Starts talking about 12 nations. What, what he was really doing was he was painting monotheism. He was taking their own monotheistic stance and he was painting the portrait of Christ from Abraham. 
He had tiptoed his way back through Genesis and was going to walk all the way through. And while he would not quote it, he would pick up and he would catch a hind wind of hero Israel. He'd walk that thing all the way through the 12 tribes and he'd end up preaching about Moses. He'd end up preaching about Solomon. You can read through it. Read it in the chapter. He starts preaching about Solomon who hath builded a house. That's what he's preaching about there. He's talking to them about Solomon building that house. And at the end of it, he says, but you listen to me. He cannot be contained in one house. They were mad because he's preaching to them. You think your little temple can contain all the grandness of God. And here's why. Because really, you think you are the keepers of God. You think you're the keepers of God. And I'm telling you, he preached himself blue in the face. He had a little handkerchief. He dabbed his forehead. He preached the teeth out of the mouth of that right there. And they looked at him so mad. Want to know how mad they were? Go back with me, Acts 7. Go back with me right there, Acts 7. When they heard these things, what's it say, verse 54, they were not pricked like Acts 2. They were cut to the heart. And what'd they do? They gnashed on him with their teeth. What's that remind you of? What's that remind you of? Where have you heard that before? Wailing and gnashing of teeth. I'm going to tell you right now, you hear me very clearly. Their response was a hell-driven response. It was a hell-fueled response. Somebody hear me right now. It was a hell-fueled response. Hell was driving them. They gnashed on him. They were cut. They gnashed on him with their teeth. But he being full of the Holy Ghost looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right. How can you look towards heaven in a moment like that? Because they didn't give me the Holy Ghost and they can't take the Holy Ghost away from me. I'm not called to, listen, I'm not called to make them more righteous. I'm called to preach the truth. I'm called to do what's right. And I want to fit the accusation. If their accusation against me is that I'm apostolic, I want to prove them right. I believe that there is no God like, there is no God like Jehovah, and he's been the same since Abraham until now. How many believe there's one God? How many believe there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism? There is one God and one Father of all who is above all, who is through all, who is in you all. Now I'm going to tell you what we're hated for. And if there is anything that takes us from being orthodox in the greater Christian view, it is the fact that we are truly monotheistic and we believe that in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead. And I am unapologetic for the verses that I am about to read because I want hell to know that your accusation against us is accurate. We believe in Deuteronomy 6, 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Yes, we do. 
from the top of my cranium to the bottom of my feet. I believe he always has been and he always be one Lord. I believe he's always been one God. I believe that he is the Lord and there's none beside him. I don't think you can find him in some idol. I don't think you can find him in some trinity. I don't believe that you can find him in Baal. I don't believe you can find him in Allah. I don't believe that you can find here in Krishna. I don't believe that you can find him. No, no, no. I believe there's one God. I believe there's one throne. I believe there is one lamb. And the name of the lamb is Jesus. Come on, what's his name? Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. It's an apostolic accusation. I believe with the psalmist in Psalm 139, 7 to 14. Whither shall I go from thy spirit or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say surely the darkness shall cover me or even the night shall be light about me, yea, the darkness Darkness hideth not from thee, and the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and my soul knoweth right well. I believe in the psalmist. I cannot get away from the one God because he is omnipresent. He's everywhere I go. If I try to make my bed in hell, he'd be there. I can't listen you somebody needs to hear me right now you cannot outrun God he'll be there if you get there if you ascend if you tried to ascend the 186,000 some miles and try to get your way up into the solar system I got news for you he's there and it doesn't matter how somebody man I feel a prompting of the Holy Ghost I don't care how many years you've been running from God it's why you feel him right now because he's here he's still calling you he's still pulling at your heart you cannot get away from God Come on, we cannot get away from God. I don't care how far east you go, he'll be there. I don't care how far west you go, he'll be there. I don't care how far north you go, he'll be there. It doesn't matter how far south you go, he'll be there. You say, oh yeah, preacher, that's easy for you to say. No, you listen to me. He'll be with you when you're on a mountain, but he's still there in your valley. When you think he doesn't hear your prayers, he's still there. When you think he's turned his back on you, he's still there. When you... He's with you when you're on the mountain, but he's with you when you think you're alone. You cannot get away from God. He is there. Oh, I wish we'd just praise God all over this house right now. So I want to fit the accusation. I believe in the great prophet Isaiah when he wrote in Isaiah 9, you can be seated or stand, it doesn't matter. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his 
shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Isaiah 43, 10 through 13. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am before me and there wa- or understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. If you're waiting on another, it won't happen. He said, I, even I am the Lord and beside me there is no Savior. I have declared, I have saved and I have showed when there was no strange God among you, therefore ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. Now, I believe in the power of that prophetic utterance by the great major prophet Isaiah. But I'm going to tell you what I also believe, Stephen. I believe just like you do what was recorded in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. Jesus came and he spake unto them, saying... All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded. And lo, I am with you always, even unto what? The end of the world. Are you okay? John chapter 9, John chapter 8. Let's go to John 8. John 8, verses 56, 57, and 58. Your father, Abraham, rejoiced to see my day. (laughs) Boy, you don't know how much I love that Stephen preached Abraham is when I read this. You want to know why Stephen preached Abraham? Listen to Jesus. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and was glad. What? Because he looked forward. He looked. Sometimes you got to see faith, things in faith that you cannot see. I can't see. I know, I know they haven't material. That's why people think you're crazy when you worship with no. You don't have a present reason. You just got a future reason. People think you're crazy. Abraham, what are you doing? Oh, I see it. I see it. That's why some people will look at you like you are goofy. You get a glimpse of where you're going. That's why, the, now how many know the average person that might walk in while we're all standing in here, thousand people standing here singing about ain't no grave. And we're all like, woo. The average person that don't know our message, that don't believe our doctrine, ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. Somebody's going to walk in and be like, got a lot of walking dead fans. <laughs> but why do, we, why do we worship with it the way we do? Because like Abraham, while I have not yet stepped on those streets of gold, baby, I can see it. While I have not yet, I haven't got together around the throne yet, but boy, I can see it. I know that I haven't got to be there with my loved ones that have gone on yet, but I can see it. I see a great reunion coming. I see a day ahead of me that's... 
Don't worry about people that cannot get down with your praise. Don't worry about mockers that don't understand you. Don't worry about people. You just get your praise and you begin to magnify God. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. Esau was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet 50 years old. Mockers. Naysayers. You've seen Abraham. Here he goes. You're, I want to, if I'm being accused, I want to be guilty. Verse 58. He said, I got news for you. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? Can you imagine? I got news for you. Before Abe, Pastor, why does that mean so much? Because in him, in him, he was saying, I'm in your presence, but you don't even recognize me. You don't even understand. You're so caught up in all these vain traditions. You don't recognize that before Abraham, it was always me. It was me in the nothingness. It was me in the void. It was me when there was nothing, but I had to speak it. It was me when there was water separated from land. It was me when there was no herb building seed. It was me when there was no dry land. It was me when there were no mammals. It, it was me, I am, I I am. So if people are going to say we're oneness, I want to be guilty of the accusation. If people are going to say I'm apostolic, I want to be worthy of the accusation. Turn to somebody, ask them, are you worthy of the accusation? Come on, ask them, are you worthy of the accusation? Can I read a little bit more? Thank you. How about John chapter 14? John 14, we're going to read verses 8 through 10. If, listen, if you don't have verses like this highlighted in your Bible, tabbed in your Bible, written somewhere in your Bible, these are good ones to have. John chapter 14, verse 8. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father. Show us the Father and it sufficeth. Jesus said, Phil, Listen, you're killing me, Dr. Phil. Have I, have, I been, have I been so long with you and you don't even know? I'm going to tell you one of my prayers lately. Brother John, one of my prayers lately. I've been falling before the Lord and asking God to know me. So I'm terrified by those scriptures that say, depart from me. I never... Philip, you're in my presence and don't know who I am. Philip, have I been, listen, listen to the language. Have I been so long time with you? And yet thou, you don't even know me, Philip. He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. He that has seen me, you, you oneness people. You're oneness everything. We're Jesus everything. You're oneness. We're just Bible. We're just Bible. We're just trying to use text. How, how sayest thou then? Show us the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Go on, verse 10. 
Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak, I speak not of myself, but what? The Father that what? Dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me or else believe me for the very work's sake. He said, even if you're struggling with my words, it ought to be obvious. Open. Here's what he said in a nice way. He said, open your eyes. How do you think this is happening? How do you think the blind are seeing, Phil? How do you think lame people are getting up? You see any other rabbis doing this? We ain't pulling on Janies and Jamrys. We ain't got no Pharaoh magicians pulling up. It's the mighty touch of God. Ooh, man, I feel the Holy Ghost. Can I read a little bit more? Go to Paul's writing in Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. Verses 16 through 19. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him, and he is before him all things, and by him all things consist, and he is the head of the body, the church who belong in the begin who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, and all things he might have the preeminence. He's the head. Of the body, which is the church. Jump on down to chapter 2. Verse 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. Here it is. After the tradition of men. Because there's coming a day when they're going to call themselves the church. There's coming a day when they're going to take what should be obvious righteous. They're coming a day and they are going to devise a plan among themselves and it's going to be spawned out of this same deceit right here where they don't want to accept that God is in Christ. It's coming out of this right here and they're going to even challenge baptism in the name of Jesus Christ and they're going to make orthodox something that is not New Testament. You hear me right now. He was telling them, Paul was warning them, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. That's what sets up this verse. For in him. <laughs> we never quote them together. But can you see how far forward, Brother Mathis, that Paul looked? Paul looked all the way in the future. If Abraham looked in the future, Paul looked in the future. And he said, listen to me. Don't let anybody spoil you. They're going to they're gonna conceive and pull together all kinds of philosophies. There's going to be rudiments of the world. You listen to me. Don't you be fooled. Fooled about what? That in him, in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I don't know if some people believe this right now or not. 
Do you believe this, that in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily? Do you believe this? You believe this? Now watch this. If you believe in the oneness of God, we quote verse nine, but we gotta go to verse 10. And ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. That's why when people make an accusation against us for being the church, they're making an accusation against us for one reason, because we believe that he is the head and that we are complete in him. We do not believe that we are made complete by vain repetition. We do not believe that we are made complete by long public prayers. We do not believe, hear me right now. Man, I'm gonna preach it how I feel it. We don't, made, we don't believe we're made complete by our attire. We don't believe that we're made complete by our genre of song. We don't believe that we're made complete by where we worship. We believe we're made complete in Him. And if we find out that we're made complete in Him, we can have a prayer meeting in the basement of a home. We can have a prayer meeting right in the living room. You can have a prayer meeting in a back alley. You can have a prayer meeting in a brush harbor. You can have a prayer meeting in a church building as long as there's somebody saying there's no name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Neither is there any other. Where can we be complete? In him. I'll stop soon. First Timothy 3.16. <laughs> Somebody said, I heard you're an apostolic church. Heard you're an apostolic church. What's that mean? Without controversy. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Really? Go with me to Revelation. Revelation chapter one. I'm just trying to walk this through the whole book quickly. Touching about one quarter of the scriptures on this, maybe not a tenth of the scriptures on this. Revelation chapter one. I want to go there. Revelation chapter one. I want us to read verses five, six, seven, and eight. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. In his own blood. Somebody said amen. And hath made us kings and priests unto God his father uh, and, and his father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he cometh with the clouds <laughs> and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. What are you saying? I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, which is to come, the Almighty. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying we're oneness. And if that's your accusation, then it's right. If that's your accusation, then accusation accepted. I'm apostolic, I'm apostolic, 
I'm apostolic in my doctrine. I believe He was. I believe He is. I believe He will. It's the oneness of God. Come on, He was enough, but He is enough, and He will be enough. I want you to throw your hands towards heaven and give God praise in this house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, we are unapologetically apostolic. We sing Jesus, we preach Jesus, we praise Jesus, we shout to Jesus, we magnify Jesus because we know that in Him Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He's your answer today and he'll be your answer tomorrow. He would. I don't wanna mess with your theology, but he was Abraham's answer. He was Moses' answer. He was the Hebrew boy's answer. Even Nebuchadnezzar said, I see a fourth man. Now you hear me right now. I do not believe in eternal sonship. I believe there is one God. One God. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. But the manifestation of God, fully God, fully man, Jesus Christ. That's what Stephen believed and they hated him for it. Nasting him. I'm, I'm done, I'm done preaching, Stan. They charged in on him, ready to stone him. But when the temperature got hot, the message didn't change. When the martyrdom was advancing, the majesty of Christ did not delineate. <laughs> He was right in the good times, but he's right in the bad time. The message was right in the, in the moment when everything, Stephen, everybody's listening. They picked you to be a leader. They picked you to be a leader, Stephen. This has got to be awesome. Doesn't feel as good when the Sadducees gather around you. Doesn't feel so good when that big old boy's pick up a stone and display in hell in front of you. But you need to hear me right now. While they might have wore out Stephen, all they did was catapulted the church forward. All that they did was push the church. One of the accusations to being apostolic is are you willing to give it all if it takes it for the advancement of the kingdom? This is right in line with Kingdom Work 2022. It's not about my agenda. It's not about my philosophy. Not about my doctrine. Not about what do I want. What builds the kingdom? What if people make fun of you? Let them make fun of you. 
if their accusation is that you're apostolic, then you wear that badge. God help me to love souls enough that I like Stephen might be saying lay this not to their claim. Even in his dying breath, he's praying that they might find salvation. I need somebody to run and find a place in prayer and say, God, help me to be apostolic to the core. Help me to love this doctrine to the core. Help me to be willing and way and able, oh God. 